broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. It is finally here, draft week. I feel like I've been talking about draft week and draft this and draft that for the longest. As my man Enrique in studio right now looks up at our draft board that we have against the wall here. The draft board's looking a little raggedy at points. <laughs> it's all written on and falling off the window and the tape is starting to fall off. That, that lets you know that the draft is right around the corner. So just a couple days away, we'll find out who's going to go number one overall, who will go number two, who the Raiders will take at seven, if they stay at seven. We'll get the answers to the questions, at least in the first round, coming up on Thursday live from Kansas City. Very excited about that. But this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're here with you till 5 o'clock. we got a full show for you today. Damon is behind the wheels of steel. My man Enrique is in studio checking things out. We may have another visitor or two. Uh, in, in, in the meantime, in between time, if I can spit that out here in studio. That's just how it is, man. The weather's nice. When they say sun's out, gun's out. <laughs> it ain't quite like that, but it's, it's nice to be back in studio. I'll be flying out early tomorrow morning. Headed to Kansas City, so this show will come to you live from Kansas City for the rest of the week. Uh, and then I'll get back in town on Saturday just in time to go get my haircut. Because we gotta, you know, I gotta stay focused on the important things in life. Gotta get the haircut on time. So uh, we'll do that definitely on Saturday. But man, very excited about the opportunity that we have in front of us uh, to bring to you all the coverage of the NFL draft. And really looking forward to Thursday already. I'll be holding it down for JT's show from 12 to 3. Then I'll pitch it to JT and Eric Allen, who will be live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, from 3 to 5. They'll also be checking in with Lincoln Kennedy, who will be at the, the Raiders draft party. So we have a lot of moving parts going on the next few days here on Raider Nation Radio 920. But it is so exciting. Uh, by the time the weekend is over, by the time Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels talks to the media on Saturday following the final round of the draft, then you know who the next crop of Raiders players are going to be. And of course, you got to go through training camp. You got to go through who's going to make the roster, who's not going to make the roster. They'll be undrafted free agents as well. But you'll have a really good sense of, okay, this is the direction that the team is going. So excited about uh, the next batch of uh, Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, that will be coming to you sooner rather than later. But we got a lot to get to on today's show as we do continue to go through our mock draft that we have up on the board. We've gotten through 20 teams. So if you're keeping count, we've got 11 more to go. The Miami Dolphins do not have a pick because they forfeited it. So uh, we have four teams that are on the clock today, and uh, we'll actually talk to three of them. We have uh, David Drogemeyer locked on Chargers. He'll kick us off at 2.30, uh, talking all things Chargers and making the pick for them. At 3.30, Sarah Ellison, co-host of Ravens Vault Podcast. She'll join us to give the pick for the Baltimore Ravens. And Matt Anderson, Vikings Happy Hour, will make the pick for the Minnesota Vikings. Coming up before any of that, though, Joe DeLeon, our good friend, NFL draft analyst from the Believe Podcast Network, will join us to talk about the final week of the draft, Talk about why you're starting to hear stocks climb, why you're hearing them drop. You're hearing C.J. Stroud and his S2 score and if that matters. And, you know, why all of a sudden, why was it so quiet on, on Will Levis for a while? Now, all of a sudden, the conversation's back on him. You know, it kind of goes in a roller coaster uh, affair. You know, it goes up and down. He's the hot name at first, then all of a sudden it's quiet. Now he's the hot name again. And C.J. Stroud, uh, he's starting to drop. Is he dropping because teams want him to drop? Is he dropping because his agent wants him to drop? Is he dropping at all? Maybe he's not even dropping, and that's just the perception that's being put out there. There's a lot of conversations going on, a lot of lies going on. I don't know, DeMond, if you saw over the weekend, uh, there was the conversation and the report that uh, Derrick Henry was headed to the Eagles, and uh, the, the Titans GM has come out and said that he's received no phone calls on Derrick Henry. So, again, it's just it's that kind of season right now where you have to believe about 1% of everything that you read and uh, none of what you hear. But uh, that was part of the conversation. So draft week is just crazy, man. It's it's ridiculous because, like you said, it's crazy and all everything that people are saying. Where you can take it with a grain of salt because they could obviously like C.J. Stroud, he could very well be the number two pick, and everybody can be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. I just don't want to believe anything what I'm hearing. Like you said, Rand Carthon, he he came out and said, mm-hmm. hey, I, we were also supposed to trade Simmons, and we were negotiating that deal right. the entire time. So it's really hard to like you don't know what the motives are or who to believe especially with the week of the draft. No, not at all. But I do know one thing that's official. It's in the books, and it's the week of the draft, and that's the fact that Jets now have their starting quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, after so long of a, of a saga, it's official. 
Like a referee's whistle, it just happened about, I don't know, 30 minutes ago, it became official that the Jets are getting Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they're also getting pick number 15, so they did a little pick swap with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they're getting a 2023 fifth-round pick, which is number 170 overall. That's what the Jets get. Aaron Rodgers, uh, pick number 15, and a 2023 fifth-round pick. The Packers, in return, <laughs> get this. Pick number 13, again, the pick swap. They went from 13, uh, the Jets went from 13 to 15. Uh, the Packers also get a 2023 second round pick, which is number 42 overall, a sixth round pick, number 207, a conditional 2024 second round pick that becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays. I'll tell you right now, Aaron Rodgers is a damn good quarterback. There's no mistake, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it, but that's one hell of a haul that the Packers are getting in return for a guy who may play this season and this season only. I'm surprised you said that because when I saw the conditions and what was all, mm-hmm. I tweeted, that's it? That's really? what the whole. I, That's a lot, dude. I, to me, to me, <laughs> That's honestly, a lot, man. Look I think that. that's standard. I think I, when I saw the deal, I was like, man, that's about what I expected. Well, I mean, that. Well, kudos to you, but I mean, look, a 2023. Okay, the the pick swap. All right, that's not a big deal. That just canceled each, each other out. But a 2023 second round pick, which is number 42, a sixth round pick, number 207, and then if he plays 65 percent of the plays this year, then they're going to get a, a first round pick in 2024. What if he plays 65 percent? What if he plays 75 percent? They get the first round pick, and then at the end of the season, he retires. Hey, that's, you got to chalk that up to the game. That's the cost of doing business. Uh, it when is. You're doing, when you're that's, going, a, that's a that's a high cost of business, brother. When you're going for the Super Bowl, right? No, that, that's but that's what it is. You, that means that they have to get the Super Bowl. They have to get there, right? If they make it to the playoffs, that's all good. But what does that mean, right? You're giving up all that just to make a playoff appearance? No, you're giving up all that to, like you said, be playing in Las Vegas the last game of the season. Yeah. That's what you're trying to do. It's There's Super no Bowl doubt. or bust. Yeah, like you said, playoffs, right. that's not – Yeah, just, playoffs were, are cute. Yeah. Right. It's Super Bowl or bust with Aaron Rodgers. So, for me, the compensation that they got, I mean – That's I know, a hell of a gamble. I know we're in Vegas, but that's a hell of a gamble. How many times has Rodgers been in the Super Bowl? Once. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's got one ring, so it's not like he's Tom Brady where you feel real confident, like, okay, man, this dude's going to get it done. You know, there's a lot that go with Aaron Rodgers. I was a guy that I, I said from the very jump, if if the price of doing business wasn't too high, the Raiders should be, uh, you know, interested. Well, the, the price of business was clearly a lot higher than I would have been interested in and clearly a lot higher than the Raiders. But at least it's done. Right, at least it's done. We don't have to talk about as we had Rich Semini on, we had Peter Bukowski on. Hey, when's this going to get done? Is there a chance it doesn't get done? Now we know it is at least done. So there you go. Aaron Rodgers is now the Jets quarterback. They, the Packers got a nice little return uh, from, from New York. And again, like you mentioned, the Jets are all in on this year, maybe next year as well. But when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, as far as I'm concerned, it's a year-to-year thing. That's I think it. that was the only thing that maybe if I were the Jets, like, hey, Aaron, can you at least, when it comes to that, making it from a second to a first, can you at least say after the season if you're going to come back? If you change your mind, that's cool. But we just want at least something that say, hey. I would have think- wanted to get at least an assurance that he'll be back next yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. You know but what I mean? mean, you can't really hold him to it. But at least if he says it. Man, I'm going to hold him to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, dog. Hey, man. You remember that conversation we were having? You said you were coming back next year. Yeah, I need you to go on McAfee yeah, and say I'm it. I'm a little upset about this now. <laughs> Yeah, but besides that, I mean, I think it's a good trade because, like, well, when you I mean, think they, they're they that had close, to do it, right? Zach Wilson, come on now. Right. No, they had to do it. I mean, we all knew they negotiated wrong. They did it in the public. They should have done it behind closed doors. They didn't. So this is kind of what they were stuck with. So there you go. At least, like I said, at least the saga is over. And you know it's official. So uh, excited about the show that we have coming up. Of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Joe DeLeon, NFL Draft Analyst, will join us in a few minutes. David Drogemeyer, Locked on Chargers at 2.30. Sarah Ellison, co-host of the Ravens Vault Podcast at 3.30. Matt Anderson, Vikings Happy Hour at 4 o'clock, talking all things Vikings. And those three, Drogemeyer, Ellison, and Anderson, will all give the picks for the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Minnesota Vikings. Put it up on our unnecessary roughness mock draft board that we have going on here in studio so with all that being said i got a show question that i want to throw out there before we get to our guests let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 9 20 a.m is brought to you by paul Padalaw. law it's not about the injury it's about the recovery 
Okay, Paul Padalaw. Okay, I see you. I like that. That little, little intro had a nice little beat to it, man. It had a little something-something. There you go. Shout-out to Paul Padalaw, our new sponsor here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Going to be rocking with us all year long. They're not rocking with us just during the regular season, not just during the offseason, but all year long. We definitely appreciate them and their efforts, so they will have the opening drive here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And with that being said, I want to get into this call that I received on my podcast. Uh, and sometimes I, I like to bring some po- some calls to the to the show if it's a call that I think is a really, really good one or a question that's a really good one. In this case, it was. It was from my guy Logan in PA, and he's talking about a few different scenarios that could face the Raiders. And that's something that I've been real heavy on. I even asked Dave Ziegler about that last week. I've been real heavy on the different scenarios that could shake, uh, shake out in front of them while they're sitting there at number seven. And what do you do in this situation? What do you do in this situation? What do you do in this situation? So I thought Logan had a really good question, and I want to get your thoughts on it, Raider Nation. But here's the question from Logan from PA about the quarterbacks and the scenarios that could be in front of me. Hugh, this is Logan from PA. I just got finished listening to Friday's pod, and you were talking about Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker, and uh, I have a conundrum for you. So what would you rather have happen on draft day? Would you rather the Raiders, assuming all these things are available, trade up to two or three to get C.J. Stroud and give up future draft picks, would you rather them stay at seven and draft Anthony Richardson, or would you rather have them trade back and acquire draft picks to, say, maybe 17 through 19 and draft Hendon Hooker? So would you rather give up draft picks to get C.J., give up nothing and get AR-15, or be able to move back and get Hooker? Thanks, Q. Keep it up, buddy. There you go. Logan from PA right there gave us an A, B, and C scenario. And I guess, Raider Nation, you could throw D in there if you want to. But I like the question. Trade up to two or three and get C.J. Stroud. Of course, the Raiders are involved in many rumors that say that they would be interested in doing that. But you have to give up future picks. That's A. Stay put and draft Anthony Richardson. Again, these are all just in case the guys are available. They might not even be available in these scenarios. Give up nothing. Just stay there at seven like I did in the Fitz and Harry mock draft, which I caught some some hell for it. I caught some people happy about it, but uh, it was a very mixed bag on, on what I did there. Of course, we talked about it here on the show as well. Or C, trade back, draft Hendon Hooker, and collect some extra picks moving forward. And then I guess D, if you want to throw D in there, you could just say none of the above. Why not? For S's and giggles, we'll say uh, defense, defense, defense. Right. And look, I'm okay with that as well. Again, these scenarios have to shake out in front of you for it to even be possible. Like Richardson may be gone. Hendon Hooker may be, well, I'm, I'm sure he'll be there, but who knows when, you know, who knows when he'll actually go off the board. And then CJ Stroud might end up going number two. We're talking about the fact that Houston might not want him. But at the end of the day, it might just go status quo, just like it did on our board here. And uh, Landry Locker from uh, Sports Radio 610 in Houston said, you know what? My better judgment tells me to go against C.J. Stroud, but I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud. It might just end up shaking out like that. So none of this may even be uh, a situation that really occurs. But if it did, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you and get your thoughts on what you think the Raiders should do if those scenarios uh, were in front of them. Again, trade up to two or three for C.J. Stroud, give up future picks, stay put and draft Anthony Richardson, give up nothing, or trade or trade back and draft Hendon Hooker and collect extra picks, or you could throw in D and just say none of the above because you want to go defense or maybe you want to go in a whole other direction. Uh, let us know six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. That's the don'tbebroke.com text line. Of course, when we don't have a guest, seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. And I'll say this, Demond, similar to what I did on the Fitz and Harry draft, when I thought about those different scenarios, those three scenarios, I just had to go with B. I had to go with stay put, draft Anthony Richardson, not because I'm super high on Anthony Richardson and think he's going to be the end-all, be-all quarterback. I think he has the opportunity to be that guy. But again, if the, if the draft just falls to you, like if, if the guy falls to you, I, I just I would hate for the team to pass up on the guy and then he ends up turning into a, a, a great quarterback. You're like, well, he was right there for you to have, have the opportunity to draft him. You're not giving up any extra picks and you have 12 of them. It's not like you're the Baltimore Ravens, who we'll talk about today, or the Minnesota Vikings. They only have five picks in this draft. The Raiders have 12. If you only have five then I could see, yeah, you can't take that chance. But if you have 12 like the Raiders do, there's an opportunity for you to make a move right there. So we want to hear from you real quick. 702-365-9200. Then we'll get to Joe DeLeon, NFL draft analyst. Who we got? Hardcore Raider. Hardcore. I know where he's going. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, how's it going, man? Who's pumped for draft week, man? You guys realize, like, as much negativity as we've had this offseason, like, this could be the, like, like, the turning point for our franchise. I don't, I don't want to hype it up too much and be, like, disappointed. But, you know, the staff has uh, some big decisions to make. So, right. 
when I, when I look at it, I try to put my GM hat on, right? The whole reason why I wanted to trade back and get the Hen and Hooker and why I've been pushing that real hard is because we need defense, and I agree with that, you know? Um, but the, the reality is there's always guys that fall to the second round. And if we could get two second-round picks, I'm telling you, dude, there is studs that are going to be falling in the second round. I mean, there's right. guys, dude, I have on, I have on my list, uh, like linebackers, Trenton Simpson, he could fall. Jack Campbell could fall. Derek Hall, he's a linebacker slash DN. Uh, cornerback, Tyreek Stevenson, and I got some others. But Right. So what know, would you do in this the, scenario? The, That's what we're asking. What would you do in this scenario? You already know. I want I want Hannon Hooker, but I, like I don't know how far we could trade back to get him. I honestly, if if the Titans are up, right? So say Houston Texans get a quarterback, right at number two, uh, the Titans might pull the trigger and get a quarterback. And if Hannon Hooker is the last guy available, pull the trigger on him. Or if the Tec- Texans don't get a quarterback at two, they pick at twelve. The Texans might pull the trigger on Hinn and Hooker. So, yep. uh, like, I, I don't even know if he's going to last until uh, then, to be honest. Well, that's I mean, that's part of the gamble. Know? That's that's part of the gamble. So what are you going to do? Are you going to do A, B, or C? Dude, you already know. I want Hinn and Hooker. Man. Okay. Got, gotcha. I got a guest coming up, man. I got We, we can't have the long, the long sermon today. Got a guest coming up. So that's the thing. And you hit it on the head. If you want to trade back and draft Hinn and Hooker, the reason why I wouldn't say that's a good idea, because you, you, you do run the risk of not getting them. You're absolutely right. You, you run the risk of not getting him if that's your guy. So I would stay put, draft the quarterback that came to me, if the quarterback came to me, and call it a day. If you want to stick and stay like, uh, like stick on, on Hendon Hooker like you mentioned, Hardcore, then you've got to take the chance. You've got to roll the dice that somebody doesn't go make that pick. Uh, the, the Titans could easily do it at 12, uh, or the Texans could do it at 12. Whenever the, the Titans are at 11, uh, there's plenty of other teams that can do it. Maybe Seattle does it at 20. Right, I mean, there's other teams that could that could go ahead and address it that have multiple picks, like the Lions. They have multiple picks. That's just the risk that you take. So again, we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Didn't mean to rush you off hardcore, but we do have a guest coming up in a hot second, so got to get to them. Uh, the question is, what would you do in this scenario? What should the Raiders do? Trade up to two or three for C.J. Stroud and give up future picks if available. Stay put and draft Anthony Richardson. Give up nothing. Trade back, draft Hennon Hooker, collect extra picks. Those are the questions. 69187, keyword R&R. But as promised, now join us on the phones with our good friend Joe DeLeon, NFL draft analyst from the Believe Podcast Network. And Joe, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. And before we jump into the draft and everything going on this week is as exciting as it is, what did you think of the trade uh, official finally for uh, Aaron Rodgers? He's now a Jet, and the Packers receive a lot of picks, in my opinion, uh, in return. Yeah, I, I think that uh, for the most of us, we're, we were all just waiting for it to actually happen. And a little surprised that it happened before the draft. I thought that for how long this was taking, it might happen after the draft. But one thing I will say is it's, it's almost just really a pick swap this year. It, it sounded like when Schefter was reading it uh, on NFL Live that it was this massive deal that included all these first-round picks. But they're really mostly just swapping this year, and then there is a, a pick next year. Um, that might turn into a first-round pick that is conditional depending on how many games Aaron Rodgers plays in. The interesting part, though, is that they didn't give up uh, a pick this year, that they didn't have to give up a pick this year, the Jets. So good for them that they're still able to pick in the top 20 and that they didn't have to give that up. And it's certainly important that they're able to use that pick to maybe add one more final offensive weapon piece to really set up this Jets team to go on the potential playoff run that they're gearing up for. You know, you mentioned the potential first-round pick if, if he plays 65% of the plays. Isn't that a little risky, though, that if he does play, say, 75 or 80% of the plays, and then that turns into a first-round pick, then he decides at the end of the season he wants to retire? Isn't I mean, that's basically putting all your eggs in this basket that it's got to get done this year. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And that was kind of my, my thoughts on that. It was that you really are – putting all your eggs in, in, in one basket to hope that Aaron Rodgers maybe wants to stick around for two to three years. And if you are the Jets and you're a Jets fan, you should be hoping that is the case. But I think the 65%, like there's a realistic possibility that Aaron Rodgers at the age that he's at, that he doesn't get to that number. I don't think it's high, but there's a possibility, hence why that was put into the conditional aspect of this, because the, the Jets didn't want to get the short end of the stick if he's suddenly unavailable and suffers a, a significant injury as we've seen him do over the past five or so years. But um, no, I mean, I'm curious to see how this actually pans out. I think this is, is setting up both teams really well and hopefully both teams can succeed within the next few years 
uh, as the outcome of this. Joe DeLeon, NFL Draft Analyst from the Believe Podcast Network, is our guest talking all things NFL Draft as it's coming up this week, the first round on Thursday in a city that you know very well. Kansas City, Missouri, of course, will be there starting tomorrow. Excited about that opportunity. But, Joe, we're seeing C.J. Stroud's name all of a sudden being drugged through the mud, and he was the guy that was supposed to be number two, no doubt, maybe even number one. Now it seems like there's reports that he might get out of the top ten. Uh, what are we to believe right now about C.J. Stroud and the roller coaster ride that he's on? Yeah, I think first I, I believe that the public perception of C.J. Stroud and, and what the NFL, how they actually valued him, has, has been a little bit off throughout this period of time. But he still is the second or third quarterback in the class. I also think that a lot of what's circulating right now is being a little bit overblown, especially you know the whole Manning Passing Academy thing where did his teammates go to his birthday party you know, whatever dumb thing that we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna latch onto right now, it's it's like what do we, you know, what, what do we actually think really means anything for a quarterback prospect like this? I don't think he makes it out of the top ten. Uh, outside of the top ten, I'd be really shocked if he ends up going that late, just for the fact that there's a lot of quarterback needy teams, and I think that once if a second quarterback goes before him, uh, if that's Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. Other teams are going to be motivated to trade up so that they don't miss out on that opportunity to get C.J. Stroud, especially because of the fact that last year only one team took a quarterback. Only one team figured out their quarterback situation. So I think teams are still going to be hungry to go and get a guy that is quite talented and just needs maybe a little more decision-making refinement but could be a very high-level starter. Uh, maybe not an elite one, but a very high-quality starter in the NFL. Talking all things NFL Draft right now with Joe DeLeon, NFL Draft Analyst here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I say roughness, DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Joe, you tweeted out earlier that I'm fully prepared for Tyree Wilson to be the second overall pick. Now, how do you think that he would jump over Will Anderson as he's been presumed to be the number one overall player in this draft? Yeah, I think what's happening right now with Tyree Wilson is very similar to what happened with Trayvon Walker in mm. last year's draft. And we all thought that Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson were the more talented prospects. And we saw that this past year with the results that showed up on the field, that Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson were more productive players. But Trayvon Walker moved up where he did because NFL teams were enamored and the Jacksonville Jaguars specifically were enamored by the explosiveness, the flexibility, the power, all the traits, but not as much actualization of the production of those traits. So I think that we're here with Tyree Wilson, and albeit that Will Anderson was the more productive player and the player I have graded higher, um, he's a big, strong guy with really long arms and a massive wingspan, and he's got all these tackles for loss under his belt. He's a great run defender. He blows up blocks, but he doesn't really hit home. He doesn't get a lot of sack production uh, and doesn't have enough proof of sack production compared to Will Anderson. So I think that uh, what this is coming down to is just NFL teams seeing the traits and thinking that they can develop that into a high-level starter compared to somebody who's maybe put it together a little bit quicker. And then when it also comes sticking on the defensive side of the football, which corner do you think will be the first off the board? I think it's going to be Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Uh, I'm very high on Devin Witherspoon and, and what he brings to the table. He's a physical corner despite not being that big. Uh, great hips, moves really, really easy great athlete. I think he can be very sticky in coverage. And then I also, not only do I think that he should be the first one selected, but it seems like the NFL is also very high on him right now. And I think that uh, with all of that and all those traits that come to the table, he is going to be a top 10 pick when it's all said and done. He's exciting. He's an exciting player, and, and I'm with you 100%. It's funny, Joe. We have a mock draft going on here at the station, and we're up to pick 20 already, and Witherspoon still hasn't gone off the board. It blows my wow. mind. Right, exactly. It blows my mind, but the reality is we don't know with these with these drafts when it happens. Guys will pick someone, and you look up, and you say, wait, I didn't see that coming, and all of a sudden a really talented player like a Witherspoon could easily drop down the board. Yeah, and I think when we do mock drafts, it's a lot more likely than in, in the reality of, uh, of actual actually what's going to happen in the NFL draft. And I've kind of found that happening to me before when I've done mock drafts on my show where it's like, wait a second, this guy still hasn't gone. How did this guy <laughs> survive this long? But I think what will happen, because we're not in the minds of a front office that has been doing all this prep and doing all these scouting reports and really building a big board that they've got guys circled. 
And I think that there are going to be a couple of teams that have Devin Witherspoon circled, and they're thinking, if this kid gets anywhere near us, we are not going to pass up on the opportunity to take him, and we're going to absolutely make him our starting number one corner. Uh, but the guy is just so talented. I, I would be really stunned if he made it that far. Uh, it's pretty crazy that he made it that far in, in your guys' mock draft. Yeah, no, it really is. We were laughing about it on Friday, and so we'll see what happens today. We have three more teams on the block and on the on the clock, so we'll see if one of those uh, teams to go ahead and select them. I want to ask you about the running back position. For the longest, it's been B. John Robinson. He'll be the first-round running back, and then that's probably it. The question's really been, when is he going to go? But it feels like now uh, the name Jameer Gibbs is getting really hot, the young man out of Alabama. Do you think this is a year that we see two running backs in the first round? I think that Bijan's a lock at this point to be a first-round pick. And then to that point about Jameer Gibbs, it sounds like the Chiefs, based on what came out today, that they have an aspiration to maybe move up a little bit to get Jameer Gibbs. I think a lot of teams see what Jameer brings to the table, that he is uh, such an explosive runner. He is a home run threat on every single time that he touches the football. Uh, He's a great receiver, very elusive. He, to me, he's very different than Bijan Robinson because Bijan's more of a, almost a throwback in a way where he's just this uh, bell cow type where he's got great power and, and a very um, you know, strong frame to take on a load of carries. But Jameer Gibbs is, is a guy who I think fits the, the mold for an every-down running back in the modern NFL that needs a guy to do so many different things. Uh, I think that for some of these teams that have a more settled offensive situation, that want to add that second guy into the mix or just a primary guy into the mix are going to make that move to go get him. I think the Chiefs make a lot of sense. And then also the Los Angeles Chargers, now that Austin Eckler might get moved on from because he requested that trade, they like having guys that they can throw the football to. So Jameer Gibbs, I think, could fit very nicely with the L.A. Chargers. Well, there you go. It's funny. We got the L.A. Chargers on the clock coming up next, as a matter of fact. So we'll see what direction they go. Do they go defense? Do they go running back? What will they do? Well, Joe, fantastic stuff. Is there a team that you're kind of looking at, you have circled on Thursday's draft, that you're thinking, you know what, this is a team that might throw a monkey wrench in the whole draft? Yeah, I think that whatever happens um, with the Atlanta Falcons could really throw a a big monkey wrench because – it, it sounds like that they don't want a quarterback, but at the same time, if they just say, you know what, we're going to go get our guy, C.J. Stroud fell a couple picks further than we thought, we're going to do it. We're going to go and get, get C.J. Stroud, or maybe even they want Will Levis. That, to me, I think could really disrupt things if they move and trade up. Uh, and that could maybe be a catalyst for a lot of other trades to move into the top 10 or into the top 15. I like it. I like it. Look at the Atlanta Falcons. They're sitting there, I believe, at number eight. So that's a, that's, that could be a spot where everything starts to shake up in the first round of the NFL draft. Well, Joe, fantastic stuff, man. It's always great to catch up with you. We definitely appreciate you and enjoy the draft this year. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Joe DeLeon, NFL Draft Analyst, Believe Podcast Network, does a fantastic job. Always appreciate when he joins the show, either joining us to talk about Kansas City Chiefs or talking about the NFL Draft, but does a fantastic job with both. So we definitely appreciate him. 2.27 is the time. I mentioned the Chargers. They're on the clock next. David Drogemeyer, host of Locked On Chargers, will join the show to make the pick. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. So the question we threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line, and this comes courtesy of our guy Logan in PA. If all these scenarios are available, what would you prefer the Raiders to do? A, B, C, and I guess you could throw D in there. A would be trade up to two or three for C.J. Stroud, give up future picks. B, stay put and draft Anthony Richardson, give up nothing. C, trade back and draft Hand and Hooker and collect extra picks. And of course, D is no is all of the or none of the above. Excuse me, Jordan, Utah County, say I go with D. None of the above. There's been a lot of rumors that the Raiders are really into Peter Skaronsky. Whether it's him or one of the top two corners, I'm fine with either. Aside from Bryce Young, I haven't been in love with any of the quarterbacks. And then we also got another one from Ty in Missouri Q. If I had to choose from the first three options, I would stay put and get Anthony Richardson. Again, Ty in Missouri. Keep those uh, responses coming in. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Join us now on the phone lines to make the pick on our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft is uh, David Drogemeyer, host of Locked On Chargers. And David, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Before we ever get into it, man, uh, you know I got a, a deep love for uh, all the military and our armed forces out there, and I know you're a proud vet, so I just wanted off top, man. Thank you for your service, man. 
Appreciate you, Q, as always, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm excited to get this thing going. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, of course, the Chargers, they've got some questions. I got a few questions, I guess. I mean, they got J.C. Jackson coming back from injury as he lost the the majority of his season last year due to injury. Uh, At some point, Justin Herbert's going to have to get a contract extension. Austin Eckler is, uh, you know, looking for a trade. So right now, as far as you're concerned, what's the biggest storyline surrounding the Chargers? Yeah, I mean, I think those are the couple ones that you hit on. I mean, I think the biggest one, obviously, is getting Justin Herbert the new contract. You saw Jalen Hurts get his big contract, and I think that kind of works as the floor of the Justin Herbert uh, contract negotiations. And, of course, the more quarterbacks that get signed, that number just keeps going up and up and up. So I think uh, getting that QB signed and getting that deal done, I think, is the biggest storyline around the Chargers right now. You know, one of the big additions that the Chargers made in the offseason, I think it was talked about from people outside of, you know, the Charger media and people that cover the Chargers outside of them for a while, was uh, Kellen Moore being hired as the offensive coordinator. I I think that that was a a low-key, pretty good move right there. I think that he'll fit really well with the Chargers offense. How excited are Charger fans, and, you know, even you covering the team, are you for Kellen Moore to implement his offensive philosophies to the team? Yeah, very excited for Kellen Moore just because I think there's a, 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 a sentiment around the Chargers the last couple of years that they did not get enough out of Justin Herbert with the offensive weapons that were at their disposal. So also the running game just wasn't good enough. I mean, Austin Eckler had the really awesome touchdown numbers, but overall the running, rushing numbers were towards the bottom of the league. So bringing a scheme to the table that can get more aggressive and get more production out of the running game and threaten – the, the deep part of the field more aggressively, I think, is what is really exciting for Charger fans when it comes to Kellen Moore being a new offensive coordinator. Again, we're talking with David Dragemeyer, host of Locked On Chargers here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Demond's got one for you. You just mentioned in your last answer there, Austin Eckler. How likely is it that the Chargers do trade him? Because we know that he wants to, make, he, he wants to be traded, but do the Chargers want to trade him? No, I don't think the Chargers have any interest in trading Austin Eckler at all. And, and honestly, if you look at the situation, the Chargers have all of the power in this situation because Austin Eckler is under contract. Um, and if Austin Eckler wants to be able to eventually get to free agency to where he can play with another team or, or try to you know pursue that angle, he's going to have to play. And I mean, he can sit out, but if he wants to be able to get credit for a year of, of play, he's going to have to play at least six games or else that contract is going to toll over. So I don't feel like there's any team out there that's going to want to, A, give the Chargers the compensation they're looking for, and, two, be able to give Austin Eckler the contract he's looking for, which is top four or five running back money, and we're talking 10 to $12 million per season. And then when it comes to the Chargers in the draft, you made it clear there that they're not really looking to trade him. Are, are any skill position players, should they be on their board when it comes to the first round of the draft? Should there be absolutely there should be skill position players on the board absolutely for the Chargers. I feel like I mean that's one of the things when you look at their offensive skill weapons they haven't been able to get enough there because they don't have that explosive speed threat or that guy that can really create in that offense. So you you feel like you need to get a quarterback like Justin Herbert an explosive weapon. I mean hey you got Joe Burrow he's got his Jamar Chase Tua has got those two speedsters over there with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Where is that guy for Justin Herbert? So it definitely should be high on the priority list to get somebody to help get the most out of Justin Herbert. You know, I know we already talked about, B, or not B. John Robinson, we already talked about uh, Austin Eckler and the fact that the Chargers don't really look to trade him, but it, could there be a scenario where they trade him and then draft B. John Robinson to replace him and maybe even be better? I mean, it's a, it's a very tantalizing uh, thought for sure because B. John Robinson is a special talent. I think he's one of the guys that looks like a generational type of guy from, from this draft. I just don't know with, um, the like I said, the terms that they're going to have to look for and the money that Austin Eckler is going to want to get. I don't know if there's anyone out there that's going to want to pay that price. So I don't know if there is a way that that trade actually materializes. Now, with that being said, he is in the last year of his contract, so if Dijon Robinson is available at 21, I would not be surprised if the Chargers pulled the trigger on that. Well, it's always best player available in the draft, no matter what team it is. But should the Chargers also be looking at maybe someone, an outside linebacker, coming off the edge? Because Joey Bosa, injury, Khalil Mack getting a little older in the tooth. Should maybe in the first round they look at someone as an edge rusher? Absolutely, yes. Uh, I think the, the vision for the Chargers last year was that they were going to have Khalil Mack on one side and Joey Bosa on the other. But 
Mack is on the uh, wrong side of the 30, although he was very healthy last year. And Drake Bilt has dealt with some injuries uh, throughout his career. So the Chargers definitely need to be looking at that position. I mean, I think a guy that like that makes sense in that situation is a guy like Nolan Smith, mm. who has some great athleticism, his ability to stop the run on the outside, and has that, you know, that wiggle to get after the quarterback. I think if he's available, that's definitely a guy that the Chargers should consider. David Drogmeyer is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking all things Chargers. I just wanted to know, how, how big of a year is this for the Chargers? I mean, we the last thing we remember is the loss to Jacksonville in the playoffs. I don't have to remind you about it, but just how big is this year for the Chargers and, and Brandon Staley, the head coach, as well? Yeah, I think it's a huge year, not only for Brandon Staley, but for Tom Telesco as well. Tom Telesco has been the general manager of the Chargers for over 10 years, and he has zero championships and only a couple of playoff wins that he can, you know, really hang his hat on. And so with that, if the Chargers don't go to the playoffs and win a playoff game, I feel like he um, and the head coach, Brandon Staley, are very much on the hot seat and could be looking for other employment if they don't get it done. I think at least this year, because they don't have all the money available, that is not as high as the expectations around the Chargers, which I think is probably a better thing because, They've always been the trendy pick, um, and they've never really been able to succeed in that type of situation. So hopefully they can fall into the radar a little bit and actually just get down to business and, and <laughs> get some wins on, on the board, you know? What position group for the Chargers on the defensive side needs the biggest improvement? Yeah, I think, I think for the defensive side for the Chargers, uh, they definitely need help stopping the run. They've been one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So I, I think the, their linebacker room needs a, a, a definitely a little bit of help. They're very thin in the safety room because their free safety is your actually retired this offseason. So I feel like that's a position that needs help. And then in your defensive tackle room, they have a couple of guys that are recovering from some very serious knee injuries. Uh, Otito Obonia, who was one of their draft picks last year, and Austin Johnson, a guy they gave a lot of money to last year. Those guys are both recovering from serious knee injuries. So they need to add bodies to that very physical position. David, with the 21st pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, who are the L.A. Chargers selecting? With the 21st pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select wide receiver Zay Flowers out of Boston Ooh. College. That's a good this one. This pick is all about, yes. Yes, yes. This thing is all about getting Justin Herbert another major weapon. And Zay Flowers is a guy that can stretch the field vertically. He can stretch the field horizontally. His stop-and-start ability is second to none. He has five receptions of 20-plus yards down the field in every single year he's been in college football. And I feel like that is the missing piece. I think if you look at the Chargers' weapons, they have a guy that can get open at any time, like Keenan Allen. They have a big uh, deep ball threat, uh, excuse me, deep ball threat with Mike Williams, but they don't have anybody that can create and stretch the field vertically. That's why I feel like Zay Flowers could be that missing piece in the Chargers offense. I like it. I really do. And I, I didn't even realize that he hadn't been selected yet. I think we only had, what, one wide receiver taken off the board until that pick? I think Jackson Smith and Jigbo was the only wide receiver we had taken. That's yeah, that's pretty sticking impressive. That's a good pick right there. Way to way to scout the board, man. That was good. I wasn't. Even, I was talking defense. I'm talking Devin Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. He's still on the board. Zay Flowers was sitting there. We saw him at the Senior Bowl here in Vegas, and I mean, not Senior Bowl, the Shrine Bowl. Excuse me. He showed out. Uh, he he really. I mean, he did great things in college, but really showed out at the at the All Star events as well, the showcases. So uh, I like that pick, man. Was there any other person that you were thinking about before you made that decision, or was it Zay Flowers the whole way? No, no, I mean, there was another guy. I think just looking at Kellen Moore coming into the fold, he really loves his tight ends and the two tight end sets. Mm. So I was looking at a guy like Michael Mayer of Notre Dame. Michael Mayer is a guy who's a really technical blocker, very very physical blocker. He's an NFL ready guy there. Very physical in the contested catch situation. So that was a guy I was definitely considering as well because I don't feel like the Chargers got the most out of their tight end position. But I just couldn't pass up the ability to add one of the most electric ball producers in the draft and give him to Justin Herbert. So that's why I had to make that move. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. That that was a fantastic pick, man. I like that. Zay Flowers, we're going to put that up on the board next to your name. Uh, great pick, my man. Great breakdown of what the Chargers got going on. Uh, what do you got coming out on Locked On Chargers that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so tonight, or should I say tomorrow, we're going to finish our seven-round mock draft of uh, the ideal picks, the guys that we want to see the Chargers pick. And then when the Chargers do make their first pick, 
on Thursday night. We're going to go live with our instant draft reaction of that pick. So definitely stay tuned for that. Thank you. Definitely will, man. Great stuff as always. Appreciate you, my man. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk soon. Always, you take care, brother. All right, my man. There he goes, David Dragemeyer, host of Locked On Chargers. Zay Flowers, that's a really good pick right there. I don't, I don't even know why he hasn't been on my mind, but uh, you know, only to have two wide receivers now taken off so far in the first what twenty first twenty one picks. Oh no, twenty. We got a uh, Jordan Addison. At oh, that's right. Okay, so that's our third one. Okay, well, still, even then, I mean, that's that's hardly any uh, any wide receivers. Uh, now only three wide receivers. I forgot about Addison. That was the one that the Seahawks picked at twenty. That was our our text in uh, our text in uh, pick right there from Stacy Joe Ross on Friday. So good stuff right there. David Drogenmeyer hooks us up uh, and puts Zay Flowers up on the board. Wide receiver, nice little pick at twenty one. Coming up at three thirty, we'll hear from the Baltimore Ravens. Sarah Ellison, uh, she'll make their pick. I bet you Zay Flowers was somebody that she was probably eyeing because they could use as many weapons as possible there in Baltimore. Oh, they got OBJ. They'll be fine. They, got, they need as many weapons as possible. But the thing with them, they only have five picks in this upcoming draft. Five. The Raiders have five in their first 109. Think about that. The first 109 picks, the Raiders have five. The Baltimore Ravens have five in all seven rounds total. That ain't a whole lot. They can have Roquan Smith. I mean, because I'm trying to think, where all their picks go? And I'm thinking, was it the they've Roquan Smith some, yeah, they, I mean, they've got some good players. But, I mean, again, look at the Rams. You can have all the good players you want. You can say F those picks like the, the Rams did. And at some point... You're trying to get them all back. You're trying to hustle them back. You're trying to figure out how to uh, re- rebuild the cupboard with talent. And so they've got to do that. And so both teams that we have left today to talk about, the Baltimore Ravens and Minnesota Vikings, both only have five picks coming up in the NFL draft. That's tough to re- be able to turn your team around quick, fast, and hurry, especially if you're thinking about a quarterback. Baltimore may be thinking about a quarterback. Who knows what's going to happen with Lamar? Minnesota, Sure. Is thinking about a quarterback. So who knows what's going to happen there with Kirk Cousins. I mean, I think they kind of know who Kirk Cousins is. 2.44 is the time. When we come back, we'll get to your calls and texts. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Yeah, I think you can. You can overthink some things. And, and because there is a level of, of guesstimation in regards to what people are in their building are thinking, you know, and how, how they view their own roster, too. You can overthink and, and, and kind of guess yourself into maybe a, a decision that, um, you know, isn't the right decision at that time. And so all, that's why you have to take all of that with a grain of salt. And we try to do our own work in-house, try to have as best educated guess on, on what those different teams may do. But um, you can't outthink yourself. There's no doubt about it and you have to be smart in that way now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy q the key to the draft to get started on thursday do not overthink yourself do not overthink the room right don't be the smartest one in the room just kind of trust what you already learned you scouted you believe you want to do stick to what you want to do don't try it at the last second uh, outthink yourself and say, hey, you know what? This is going on, so let's go ahead and switch things up quick, fast, and in a hurry, uh, which is you know, a, a, an idea that I believe has happened uh, a few times over the past few years when it comes to the Raiders and their drafting. Sometimes you could look at it and say, yeah, I guess the guys in charge kind of overthought things or, or tried to outthink themselves, and that was a little bit of sound we heard from Dave Ziegler on Friday as he met with the media at the Intermount Healthcare Performance Center. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Already had a couple guests on the show today, Joe DeLeon, NFL Draft. Analyst from Believe Podcast Network and also David Dragemeyer, host of Locked On Chargers, made the pick of Zay Flowers at number 21 for the Chargers. Coming up at 3.30, Sarah Ellison, co-host of the Ravens Vault Podcast, will make the pick at number 22 for Baltimore. And then at 4 o'clock, Matt Anderson, Vikings Happy Hour, will make the pick for the Minnesota Vikings. But we do want to hear from you. Uh, 702-365-9200. We had a good listener, Logan in PA, uh, threw a question at us by way of a phone call, and we'll let you hear that call at the top of the hour. Uh, He said, if all these scenarios are available, what would you prefer the Raiders to do? A, trade up to two or three for C.J. Stroud, give up future picks. B, stay put and draft Anthony Richardson, give up nothing. C, trade back, draft Hennon Hooker, collect extra picks. Or D, none of the above. Right, And we did have Jordan in Utah County who said, I would do D, none of the above. Right, he's been talking about the rumors about the Raiders being into Peter Skoronsky. I've been seeing those flying as well. You know, that there's an opportunity that maybe uh, Peter Skoronsky would be the pick, right? I don't think that uh, the Raiders need to pick offensive linemen at seven, but I'm not putting this roster together. I'm not putting the team together. I'm not in the, in the room with them uh, coming up with their concepts. I think that they will address the offensive line. I just don't think it needs to be a priority at number seven, but that's just me. So Jordan said, uh, whether it's him or one of the top two corners, I'm fine with either. Aside from Bryce Young, I haven't been in love with any of these quarterbacks. So, uh, Jordan, we definitely appreciate you. And like I said, you could chime in on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r and of course, the phone line at 702-365-9200. Speaking of 
Dave Ziegler. I did want to play a couple sound bites here while we have a few minutes from his media session that he had on Friday, about 30 minutes, some good stuff. And let's just start at the top. Let's talk about the draft philosophy, right? We always talk about it, you know, best player available, best player available. You know, that's that's the way it should go. Best player available in position of need. What is it? Well, Dave Ziegler is best player available, but he has a little caveat to it as well. Here's Dave Ziegler. Yeah, I think um, we, you know, we talked about it last year. We're focused on taking the best player available. I think, um, you know, where our roster's at, you know, and, and our want to improve competition at every position, and um, that leaves us open to that. Now, I would also say, and I would caveat that by saying when you talk about best available player, um, best available player, there's a lot of different things that encompass that. It's not just tape. And so it's the best fit for the Raiders. Um, and, and there's different things that go into that, whether it's, you know, the football intelligence piece, um, football character. There's different things that go into that what, that makes that player the best available player for each individual organization. I think that sometimes can get lost. And so that's what it means for us, uh, the best available player that's the best player for the Raiders organization and fits what we're looking for. And um, we're going to keep we're going to stay true to that process and stay open to that. So you know that one of the t- characteristics that he's going to always look for, something that he's been talking to us about since last year, since they took over the job, him and Josh McDaniels and Champ Kelly, is versatility. The big V word, right? Versatility, versatility, versatility. He wants guys, unless you are exceptional at something, he, he wants guys that are very versatile. For example, Dylan Parham, right? Dylan Parham basically played every position uh, along that offensive line last year, whether it was the preseason or the regular season. He was out there getting it done, playing guard, playing the center position, and just knowing that if they needed him in a certain position, they'd make that he could make that happen. So that's one of the key things that they're going to be looking for. So it could be the best player available, but can that person do more than one thing? Right? Can that person excel in another area? And the, one of the key reasons for that is because you're only allowed to dress out so many on game day. So he wants to have guys that can fill certain voids in case of uh, emergency, you know, in case of emergency, break glass. So how about priorities at the number seven overall pick? I believe this is a question that uh, Willie, Willie Ramirez from the AP, he asked the question about it. And uh, I thought it was a really good response from Dave about what his priority is at the number seven pick. And you really have to listen to it carefully. A lot of people think that this answer rules out a quarterback at number seven, and I'd say that I beg to differ on it. I think the priority is is finding one someone that's going to have an impact. You know, you want to find a starting level player at that spot. There, there's no doubt about that. And and I think along with that, you want to find a player um, that fits um, one, um, hopefully fits a need that you have. Right. I mean, you're going. We're going to look at the best available players, but we also have a lot of places on this team where we can add competition and we can add play, people that can help our roster. Um, and we want to find a player that fits our what we look for in a Raiders player. We want to find someone that has a passion for football. We want to find someone that. Um, you know, is, is someone that um, has some upside, that has some explosiveness to their game, um, that, that, can, that can impact the game in a positive way, and that's going to fit our organization, I'd say, and have a positive impact on the organization as a person, too. Um, so those are some of the things that, you know, we'll be dialed in on. So the key right there, starting level player. He didn't necessarily say starting level player right now. Right? That's the key right there. He didn't say someone who's going to start day one. Right after we draft him, he's in the starting lineup. Starting level player. So that leaves it wide open. That means that it could be a defensive lineman. It could be a defensive tackle. It could be a corner. It could be a quarterback. It could be many different players as long as they're starting level. So what we've been talking about a lot, DeMond, when I say uh, get an alpha dog, right? I've, I've said that quite a bit. You've got to get a difference maker. That's what he's talking about, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that difference maker is going to see the field immediately in the case of like a quarterback. We know Jimmy G's there. So he's going to be the guy. But if they do see their dude, right, their quarterback, there was a ch- there was a time they were trying to trade up to number one. Obviously, they saw a quarterback that they liked. If their guy happens to be there, don't be shocked if they go make a move for him. Yeah, also, I, we always look at the quarterback position, especially with that answer that he gave. But even at edge, let's say if they do draft Tyree mm-hmm. Wilson, I don't think he's starting Like when it comes to who's the starter. When you watch Sunday Night Football, who right. gets to say their name? Yeah. I don't think he would be over Chandler Jones. But that doesn't mean that, hey, once Chandler Jones, probably after this year, leaves the, leaves the team, that, uh, that he would be in place. So sometimes we we always look about quarterback because that's the big yeah. fancy position. Mm-hmm. But even if they drafted like a good edge rusher, I think he would be in a backup in a limit in a limited role, obviously right. a big role, but it wouldn't be as a starter day one. I just say that everything that he said in the thirty minutes that he met with us really left it wide open. I, I think he did a good job of leaving the door open for any position uh, that that becomes available, or they get intrigued by and say, "Hey, this is a guy that can add competition to this team and make this roster better." Again, having twelve draft picks 
is major. You're able to do a lot. Now, real quick, before we take a break, I do want to go back to Jordan and Utah County's text that he's did, and he's talked about Peter Skaronsky and the fact that all of a sudden that name is starting to pop up and be associated with the silver and black. So here's Dave Ziegler on Friday talking about Peter Skaronsky and the offensive line ev- uh, uh, evaluation and really the fact that he could play multiple roles, uh, something he's a guard, something he's a tackle, something he could do both, similar to Dylan Parham a year ago. When you when you talk about Skaronsky and and then you talk about um, Dylan, you know you're talking about two players that have multi position versatility. And you know we've talked about the value of that versatility. You only get so many players that you can take to the game, and so having players that can do different things and fill different spots that increases a player's value. Um, and and um, you know while he's played left tackle at at Northwestern, you you see a player that can play tackle. You see a player that has a I would say um, a play style that could go in and play guard too. Uh, and so when we're so so that's attractive about him. Offensive lineman um, intelligence is important. You know versatility is important. Um, I also think like just in general the ability to pass protect. Uh, you know that that and run blocking is important too. But I think um, you, you have to have a certain skill set to be able to to be. Um, a solid pass protector in the NFL from an athletic standpoint. And so I think those are, that's an important trait when you're, when you're differentiating between guys is, you know, some of the ability to pass protect. So just wanted to throw that one out there. Since Jordan brought it up on our don'tbebroke.com text line, brought up Peter Skaronsky, wanted to go ahead and let you hear what Dave Ziegler had to say about the offensive lineman out of Northwestern. Again, some look at him as a guard, some look at him as a tackle. I remember when we talked to Courtney Cronin, who covers the Chicago Bears, they, they look at him as he could play both positions. So the Raiders could easily be looking at him as a guy who could play both positions. I'm not going to lie. If that was the first pick for the Raiders this upcoming year in the draft, I'd probably be a little bummed. You know, just let's keep it real. Let's keep it a buck. I'd probably be a little bummed because I think there's different guys that could be big time difference makers. But we also know that you got to build the trenches. As much as we talk about the defensive line, you got to talk about the offensive line as well. But I just look at the guys that are going to be available around seven and think that, okay, you know, these guys can go and make an immediate difference. But if they look at it and say, hey, we got to build up the trenches a little bit more. We've got to solidify that right side of the offensive line. It's also something you can't be mad at because you know it's real. <laughs> you know it's, it's something that they definitely need. So we'll get back to some more sounds from Dave Ziegler a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we'll also get back to our, our question that we have by way of Logan and PA. You'll actually hear the call coming up as we kick off hour number two of the show. And coming up in the next hour, we're also going give to give away a pair of tickets to air. You want to go see that movie? Uh, Michael Jordan and Nike and how it all came together. We've got a pair of tickets at DeMond. He said he went to see the movie over the weekend. He gave it two thumbs up and he'll give us a review of it a little bit later. So uh, you'll get that as well. But those tickets are on the way. 259 is the time. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. The Philadelphia Phillies are in Texas to take on the defending World Series champs, the Astros. Sunday, starting at 3 on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Brought to you by the Richard Harris Law Firm. Just in case, call 444-4444. This is JT for Grimaldi's Pizzeria, cold-fired brick oven pizza, a must-have. For anyone craving great pizza, locations at Boca Park, La Palazzo, South Rainbow, and Green Valley. Learn more at GrimaldisPizzeria.com. On Facebook, I saw someone posted... It's going to turn you into a zombie. Created by the government. 